Hi everyone, welcome back to another Book Globes and Podcast. Myself, Arya Alaverdi. I'm joined by Pasha Hajion and Pejman Pars. Uh, today's topic is regarding the Legionnaires who played uh, in Europe uh, this previous season that's just gone by. We're going to quickly just discuss um, you know, some of our, our key performers in Europe, like, like uh, Jan Bash, Osmoon. Uh, and we're going to just quickly go through their statistics and how they got on. Um, and hopefully we can we can get on some new topics and discuss uh, overall their, their performances this season. So I'm going to start with uh, uh, Pejman. Uh the first question comes to you about Jahan Bash and how he you know, had his first season in England with Brighton Hove Albion. Um, he obviously didn't score any goals, didn't make any assists, but he did have glimpses of of something that he could he could get better. What do you think was of his performance this season? Uh, well, as you said, he had some glimpses, and I wonder if somebody that uh, won the golden boots in uh, Eredivisie is uh, are we happy enough? Uh, is it enough for us to just have some glimpses? Uh, for me, I think Jahan Bach, as he said himself, he's not satisfied with this last season. And uh, he probably started in the, in the worst possible way, you know. Uh, first, uh, yeah, the coach didn't want to play him because, you know, for some uh, taking some time to to adapt to the system and to the club and to the league, so that's fine. And after some while, he got some playing time, and then he got bad luck with injuries. Uh, I think during the season he got two two injuries, and of course. The Asian Cup, which meant that he was gone for almost two months. One month for the entire Asian Cup and the month before for preparations. So uh, when they needed him the most or when he was in maybe his best shape, he wasn't able to be a part of the club. So uh, I wouldn't say that uh, Brighton have become worse or better with Jahan Bach, which itself means that uh, it's it's a it's not a good thing for Jahan Bakhsh to hear something like that. He had some good opportunities. He was close to score, but here's the thing, and I think yeah, uh, hopefully you you guys agree with me. Moving to Brighton after the first season, we can see it was probably a mistake. It was a wrong uh, club because in us at Alkmaar. He could show his potential, not only because they're, they're playing as weaker teams there, but also because he plays in a team where they just attack, which is just con- uh, continue to use the left and right sides, uh, which was patented by John Bakshi. John Bakshi did some great things there with his assists as well. Let's not forget about them. In Brighton, he did what he does in the national team. He was a much more defensive player. And we all know that that's not his strongest sides and maybe that's one of the reasons that he really couldn't be that player in the national team that he was at club level so what's and I think and here's here's the good thing I do believe that Jahan Bach is smart enough to evaluate this, this season that he had with Brighton and see okay this is the kind of player that I am and this is the kind of player that I need to be in this club and they have got a new interest in there uh, trainer as well how can he adapt to the new system because if they're going to play defensively one more season then 
he should probably change club, maybe to a championship club. I don't know, somewhere that they play attacking football. And of course, forget about the top six in, in England, but you know, uh, I see teams like, uh, Everton and Leicester and maybe even, you know, the, these uh, up and down clubs such as Southampton and West Ham. I can see him playing those kind of clubs because they usually much more, uh, offensive and like, like to, Use that kind of players that John Bach have. So that's my take. And um, Pasha, um, obviously, Pejman talked talking about how he played the sort of way that he plays for Team Milly under Carlos Queiroz, quite a defensive style of football. But do you also think that you know, because in most of his career he's played as a right-sided player on the right wing. You know, for Altmar he played. You know, the majority of his time on the right side. But in uh, Brighton, under Chris Hutton, he was mainly playing as a left-sided player. Do you think that kind of affected him a little bit? Because you could see in some games he was kind of struggling to to beat his full-back. He wasn't comfortable, you know, coming inside. He didn't really want to use his left foot to cross. So do you think, do you think that affected him? Well, first, I just want to say that, uh, you know, five years ago, we released our first ever pod at this time. So it's... It's Golvazan's anniversary doing this fight, which is kind of cool. We're also recording this at this time. But uh, going back to your question, I really don't think it matters. I mean, listen, he's a winger, right? So end of the day, whether a manager puts you to the left or the right, you got to still do your job, right? But the thing with Adrian Jaumbach is, as I mentioned this part many times, is that I knew that Carlos Kerrish was not going to get best out of him. And as we saw in the Morocco match, Adrian Jaumbach had to get taken off the field because, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, it's a lot of work when a manager tells you that you got to track back and you also got to put in a shift forward. But as we saw with Nazad Al-Kamar, uh, you know, with the goals, you know, he scored and the assists he gave. I mean, he he's made, he's molded in the, as a type of winger that he needs to be under an attacking manager. So under Chris Hutton, when he first signed, I had my doubts, especially that he's coming to a new era. He's coming to a new culture, new personas. And he's coming in a team that in English culture, that every single one of those players, they don't want to be leaving the EPL. So there's a lot of more competition. It's not, it's a very doggy dog culture. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, he wasn't, you know, and it's, he's just coming, he's not getting that same support that he was from his teammates because a lot of those players, end of the day, they seem as a competition. I think right now, what, what the best thing that ever happened to him was actually a change of managerial, you know, and then it comes back to, you know, Graham Potter to see what kind of system he's going to fit, whether he's going to even play at his ajama, let's say even as a second striker, you know, or he's going to play in a 4-3-3. But end of the day, you know, my philosophy on wingers is that, yes, you know, he's much been better on the right and stuff, but actually I think because he's a right-footed winger that sometimes he, let, if he's, if he was playing on the left, maybe it would help him, you know, cut in from the right. Um, but my sense on that is a John Bash right now is that, listen, it was his first year. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting it to go the way it did for him, even with the injuries. But let's give this guy a chance. And I think right now the best thing that has happened to him, as I mentioned before, that Graham Potter came in and you know, he worked with Salman. So he really, you know, he understands sort of like a little bit thing about uh, Iranian footballers. But end of the day, um, you know, it comes back to John Back's mentality. And I'm pretty sure he'll be successful. But it's just more of the fact that now he has to, he understands what he's gotten himself into and he's got to push through. Okay, so I think... One thing that Jambash could also do for next season is when he's playing in a team like Brighton, I think that 
especially this season where you watch, as much as I feel like, yes, it was a defensive style of football, I feel like there were times in games, if you ever watched Alan Bash play this season, that he wasn't taking the initiative enough. Like, as a winger, he wasn't really... He wasn't being confident to ask for the ball. He wasn't really being the kind of winger that you want to to always have the ball at his feet, to always take on the fullback. For me, he was being a bit negative in his style. Even if it wasn't a defensive approach, you still expect him, whenever his team has possession, to, to always offer to receive the ball, which I don't think he was doing enough. I feel like as, as weeks went on, as months went on, and he was at Brighton, the longer he was at Brighton, I think... He got more. He lost his confidence more, and that happened less. He got less. Say, uh, one thing really quick, Anton. That's a great point. Um, before we move on to the next subject, I really do believe that's one of the main big reasons because of that is that in Azad Alkmar, his teammates trusted him, and then he knew he was a leader, right? His manager was even on the pod mentioned to us that he would go and talk to the younger players because he wanted that to do But now he's coming to a team that those players still do not trust Jaron Batch. Neither, I would say, even the player feels settled still, if that makes sense. So I think that's why we still haven't seen him to come as a leader is because I feel like end of the day, Idris is still as a stranger. You know, he's still a stranger, I would say, even to his teammates still. And they would they feel strangers towards him as well. So I think that that will come in time. But then again, the EPL, I mean, how much, excuse me, how much time would you really have possibly as a player if you don't perform? Yeah, yeah, and you know, some people would, would argue that maybe Jalen Bash really isn't that kind of player who, who always wants to be on the ball. He's more of a sort of um, make a run and then pass the ball through to him rather than dribble. You know, he's not really a dribbler. He's more of a, a runner. He's more of a guy who will chase the ball for you, maybe get on the end of a, a, a cross or end of a through ball. He's not really much of a dribbler. So I think it was tough for him to play in a team where if you're going to try and score a goal... You have to build forward. You have to build out of defence, into midfield, into the attack. It's more about building through the thirds. But he was maybe more used to the sort of more fluid football, which I think was tough for him to transition to. But we'll move on. We'll move on to quickly just touch on these two, if we can, uh, about Ansari Farid Zatullahi, who obviously played in the championship. Uh, Ansari Farid was at Nottingham Forest. He transferred from uh, Olympiakos. And then Ezatullahi moved from Rostov to Reading. Uh, what did you guys think of the performance? Of, of course, Saeed didn't play much this season. He only had maybe about five appearances. But in those games, he was he was pretty good. Um, and Ansari Fad maybe only did about three or four, five uh, goals, maybe less, maybe a little less than that. So what did you guys think, uh, Pejman? Of course, it's a disappointment that the lack of play from uh, Karim uh, is something that he should be worried about. But then again, maybe he got himself to blame, to be honest. Listen, he played in the World Cup. He actually scored a goal, but never mind. He played in the World Cup and he knew his contract situation with his former team uh, in Greece, Olympiakos. Uh, he done great there. Well, let's say, was it after the World Cup until November? He didn't have any club and that's not the proper way to manage yourself so i blame him or probably i would say his agents but then we all know in iran this is kind of shady who's actually your agent and what you're doing but nevertheless he should even maybe during the world cup or before the world cup already have a plan for what he will do after the world cup he didn't have any plan or if he he had any plans we didn't see them uh 
go the way he wanted. So he didn't find a club until uh, November. And of course, it's hard to settle in the middle of the season, you know, coming to a new club, a new manager, player, city, everything is new. So it takes time to, to adapt, no matter how good you are. Uh, so <laughs> he he's there maybe for like a couple of weeks or something, and then he has to go to the Asian Cup. So Nottingham was like, what are we even getting here? A, a player that comes for a couple of weeks and then uh, he's gone for almost two months. When he returned, he got some playing time. He uh, he was a sub every now and then, playing four or five minutes here and there. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he played around less than 90 minutes before the Asian Cup. That's all the subs he got together, five minutes here and there. So uh, it, it, it's it's a shame. But uh, after the Asian Cup, yeah, he did make some points, uh, some assists. But come on, there is like 42 games in championship. Of course, you're, you're supposed to score some goals as a striker. So it's, it's nothing strange with that. He got some problems with the new manager team. Or not problems. They didn't have faith in him. Easy, easy as that. Um, so his future in Europe is really uncertain. Will he go back to Greece where he's a, a famous face and have done really good with both Panionios and Olympiakos? Or will he try to uh, earn his spot in championship, which is probably a better league than the, the, the Greek league. Uh, uh, yeah, it's really hard to say. I don't know. What, what, what do you say, Arya? I mean, it's hard, you know, because obviously he came off, um, you know, being our only goal scorer in the World Cup, you know, and, and I, I feel like for Ansari Fad, it's a case of... Um, Similar to Jahan Bash in, in a lot of ways, that you know he had he had a good he had a successful career in in Greece with a, a much weaker league, you could say. I think the, the championships a much better league than the the Greek league, um, and I think that you know scoring I think it was seventeen goals in, in his uh, season for Olympiacos. I think it was hard for him to then go to a league that's stronger, and then you know after you've had that good season, it's kind of hard to build on it in a stronger league. Because it makes that 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 step much tougher to to reach. I think that for him, uh, maybe at nearly you know at the end of his sort of peak, reaching his peak of his career, it was kind of hard for it was a really big step for him. So I think that yeah, maybe a, a step back down, like you said, going to Greece or maybe even like Holland or something like that could be good for him for next season. I don't think he'll make it in Championship. Unfortunately, I just don't think he has enough. Um, to make it in that league um, uh, Pasha coming to you uh, about Saeed Ezzetoloi he's one of our probably our best players you know we missed him in the Asian I think if we had him for the Asian Cup we could have won it with him in midfield I think he was a, a critical player that we we saw how, how good he was in the World Cup for us we didn't have him in, we didn't have him for the Morocco game but when, in the Spain and Portugal game against top players he was he was unbelievable and obviously he started a a good season for Reading. How do you think? You know, how do you think it, it, it affected him being injured for that for that long? And how do you think he'll he'll, he'll bounce back from that? Said as Tonali is a player that, especially under Carlos Queiroz, he would make things thick. You know, he was the heart and mold, I would say, of that midfield. And because of him, you know, we would it was easier transition plays through him. 
Um, he's molded to be playing in the English league. I mean, especially at the age he is in, the physique he is in, and everything. I mean, he's somebody that I've always had high uh, admiration for. And let's not forget about Saidas. I totally didn't have a club. He would still keep getting called back from Carlos Kirsch, and he was still, you know, performing very well at the highest level. And that shows you, I mean, what kind of a player he is that Carlos Kirsch rated him, especially at the age he's in. And he obviously was back-to-back player of the year in the in the reigning league when he was playing for Malibon at such a young age, at age of 16, if I'm not mistaken, that he was starting. And now he comes to Reading, and he's done so well. I mean, this is before he got injured. And then when he just got back, he saw some of his teammates recording him and calling him Sergio Busquets. I mean, that's a... <laughs> it's a very high praise, you know. Um, but the thing with Saeed that has always been question marks over him is sometimes is his mentality. I mean, how big of a player does he want to be? And, um, I mean, he's been linked right now to Leeds. I mean, that would be a good move for him, end of the day. But I think that one of the big reasons why that, you know, we didn't achieve winning the Asian Cup, and I think he would have been such a key part of it, was... You know, him being there, you know, I mean, he is such a key player for us. I mean, you don't have a player like him right now. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that is definitely an asset. But as I mentioned before, it comes back to the player's mentality. So right now that he's back with the national team and everything, you know, um, it just depends that, you know, how far is he trying to go, what his, where his mentality is, where does he see himself in the future? Because end of the day, we see a lot of our players that they make the right decision moving to a good club, and next thing you know, they decide to go take it the easier route, whether that's going to Qatar or Kuwait or UAE. Um, but it depends now that he's made a name for himself at Reading. It depends if the next manager, right now the manager wants to keep him. But right now I could tell you that he definitely has suitors coming for him, and it will just the player is just going to keep developing. And it will be interesting what's going to happen under Mark Wilmot. But I was very impressed by him this season, especially I was very impressed to see how big of a support group he got himself through Reading. And it's a good future. And then for Karim, I think Karim is pretty much, I mean, he's done and dusted. You know, and I think one of the big reasons why that he was in a championship wasn't because of the player. I think just because of how big of his agent is that he has close ties to the club, that he was able to get him that deal done. That's something that sometimes we tend to forget. And, um, you know, I feel like Karim will always be a second striker coming in. And um, it's unfortunate, but end of the day, uh, it's football. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough business. Yeah, and I hope that he has a good season next season, and because I think that he can break into the Premier League and do well. Um, okay, moving on to to Russia, we had Osmond had a, he obviously started started the season uh, with Ruben Kazan, and he got his transfer. Um, I think it was after the Asian Cup to uh, Zenit Saint Petersburg, um, and he was unbelievable this season. I think he got. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he got 11 goals. Uh, and you know he was unbelievable. You know he had a fantastic end of the season. He obviously won. He won the league with them. Um, and I think I think he finished second top goal scorer um, within the league, which is again a fantastic achievement for him. What do you guys think of Osmond's uh, season? You know, coming off the Asian Cup where he was fantastic, but also you know leaving Rubin Kazan. You know, we expected him. We thought that maybe going to Zenit was going to be a tough move for him because it's a bigger club. But he, how, how good did he, how much did he prove to you guys that he's a real deal? Uh, we'll start with uh, Pejman. For me, it was a, a, a hallelujah moment almost because we all know about the potential in Osmond. 
But we all also know, you know, the, the kind of, let us say, weakness, this mental weakness uh, that he have, and also that we know that in Russia he won't be able to to get out the best of him, or at least let's say in Rubin Kazan or maybe even in Rostov, although they played in the Champions League. Yeah, so uh, we all want to see him in in a better league, maybe not a better uh, club. Like like a middle team in in uh, in England or maybe one of the better clubs in in Belgium or or Holland would be interesting, but the move to Saint Petersburg was a really good one. It turned out because the way Saint Petersburg plays, you know, they're expected to win every game, you know, so they have to attack, they have to give their uh, uh, forwards Arthur Juba and Osmond good uh, opportunities to score. And that's maybe one of uh, uh, Osmond's strongest, strongest selling points. If you give him opportunities, he will do really good. Uh, we all know that in the air, he's, to be honest, he's better than, than Aridae was. He's better than the helicopter by Hidha Shemyan. Because sometimes, I mean, it's strange. When he jumps... To score a goal, be a header, he just seems to, to stay there, you know, floating above everyone else, one, two feet over them. So it's really interesting. So the thing is, now the door have opened for other clubs to see that Osmond should be considered the real deal. Should he stay in St. Petersburg and play some Champions League football? Why not? At least for, for the, the upcoming uh, six months ahead of him during the uh, until 2020, I do believe it, it would be interesting. Then when the uh, uh, window opens in January, I believe, if he still keeps performing, he has to move somewhere else. It, and I don't want him to move to a super good club, like or at least a, 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 a club where he won't get any playing time, like maybe say Inter or Milan or whatever. Uh, but a club just Beneath the top clubs in the top five leagues would be interesting. Uh, let's say, I don't know, uh, Sevilla, although they're, they're considered about, you know, like a good team, but they've been struggling. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, Everton, don't forget that they have an Iranian uh, uh, owner. Maybe they can do something there. So all in all, I'm really pleased to see that we could see the best out of Osmoon. Uh, and uh, he needs to play in those kind of clubs as well. Uh, Pasha? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing with Sardar is that people just feel them, right? Um, especially during the World Cup with the controversy that a lot of, unfortunately, our fans did by mocking on social media and everything, just keep feeling them, you know, and then you saw he came back, was a decent performer in the Asian Cup, and he showed under attacking manager what he, what he could do. I mean, he's a, he's a fabulous footballer, and we should take advantage of him. You know, at this age. And like Pejman pointed out, and as we've seen some of the sometimes the posts that Sadar Osman does even on social media, specifically Instagram, that aren't very professional. That's where, that's where the issue comes. You know, that's where the issue comes with Osman is that how far does this player want to go? You know, right now he's playing for Zenit. He will be playing in the Champions League next year, which is fabulous. But then again, he's obviously going to have, I mean, Zenit even officially confirmed that there has been bids for him. Um, you know, to somebody else to take him away. But 
the thing with Ozone, he's shown the world that he has a talent, even when he was playing for, uh, I believe it was Rostov, he scored against the likes of Bayern Munich. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, he he's doing that. You know, only the Asian continent region would know about him. But it's just more of the player for now to realize that, hey, I'm showing the world what kind of player I am. Let me keep moving on. Let me keep striving on on what I could do. Um, and that's where it just comes down to Ozmoon. I mean, that's my only issue with Ozmoon is that not specifically how good of a striker he is, but how far is this kid going to strive to be to get the best out of himself? That's the question that we need to ask Ozmoon, and that's my biggest issue with him. Yeah, I agree. I think that Ozmoon, again, similar to Saez Atullahi, both of them are fantastic players, but it's the mentality of the player and how much do they want to... How, how much ambition do they have? How much ambition do they have to actually get to the next level and break into these top teams. Not now, you know, like Pejman said, but in, in, in the future, when they get like in their prime, prime years, 25, 26, 27, do they want to become, you know, world-class players? Because they have that potential. Um, and it's really about how much ambition they have. Because at this point, Iran have the opportunity to give these players... Um, the chance to play in the World Cup and, and show themselves, but they have to also to go to, to show themselves on the world stage in the Champions League, going to bigger clubs, bigger leagues. So we'll see what happens with them. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezan, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news. We'll move on to Mirad Mahmadi very again, very very briefly, because obviously not not got too much to say about him, but. Milad's been at um, Ahmad Grozny now for uh, three seasons, consistent seasons, um, and he's been, you know, sorry, so, sorry, four seasons, and he's been basically cons- consistently making, you know, 25, 30 per- appearances per season. He's been really consistent for his whole career in Russia. But do you guys think it's, it's a time for a new move for him? Do you think it's a time that he has to move on? Because I feel like for him, you know, not playing in the World Cup as a starter, um, Maybe was maybe could have been due to not playing for a really big team at, at the time. You know, Hoysafi was playing for Olympiakos and he was a left back for the national team. Do you think that he has to now move somewhere to get a, a better career? We'll start with um, Pasha. Sorry, who were you talking about? Milad Mahamadi. I mean, the thing with Milad is obviously we've seen him just sign with one of the biggest sport agencies in the world, and um, and now he's a free agent, so he could do whatever he wants. And I do believe that obviously he's gonna have suitors. I believe he's even linked with uh, Celtic and Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. So he might be coming around close to your area. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's a fabulous, um, you know, left back. I mean, I would say that arguably could even consider him probably, we could say that he's probably the best right now left back in the Asian continent region, if you wanted to argue that. Some people would say it's the Qatari left back, but, you know, I have my doubts over him as well. But the thing with Milad is, is that he's proven himself under Carlos Gators. He's proven how vital of a key figure he was in, uh, in the World Cup qualifications. And he was a great player for his, uh, uh, you know, former team right now in Russia. Um, but then again, it comes down to, you know, his mentality. Again, I mean, sometimes on social media, I feel like sometimes he, <laughs> he cares more about posting a lot about religious <laughs> uh, things that are uh, football-related, um, but that's another issue. But, um, you know, I mean, Milan is a very shy guy, very quiet, down-to-earth. Um, you know, I don't know much about him, I mean, in the sense that how big of a mentality does this kid have to keep 
moving it forward. But I mean, he's shown he's shown us that you know what a big player he was, and I think he was honestly our best player for the World Cup uh, qualifications. I would say because of how consistent of a performer he was. Um, but he's he's gonna have suitors. I mean, he just signed with one of the biggest uh, agents in the world. They're definitely gonna find him a club. Um, but then again, it depends on where he wants to go. And I'm sure he'll stay in Europe, but I hope it's a very top league, at least, uh, you know, top three or top four. Okay, so we'll move on. Um, we'll speak about Pejman's boy, Samon Gordus, who had his uh, first season in France with Amiens, um, where he obviously transferred this summer from Ostersund in Sweden. Um, he had a good season. You know, he, he did score goals. He, you know, he was playing as a striker, as a winger, as an attacking midfielder, he was, you know, probably the, the most important player for his team. Pejman, you've you've been to some of his games. How do you think he got on this season? Uh, he started off really well. You know, he was a a big uh, surprise, more or less. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like 48 hours after the contract, he started the game and he actually scored. So, yeah, it was a a uh, real surprise and he continues to get some points and do good in the beginning and then it got a little bit harder a little bit tougher and i saw i, I won't say all of the uh, Amiens games but i saw a lot of the games and man <laughs> it's a crappy team <laughs> Amiens is 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 uh, one of the strangest teams i've seen to be honest because physically i mean they're so strong. They're they're really they're really powerhouses of the players, uh, but the lack of technique is is obvious, you know. Uh, and someone had a little hard time to to adapting, I do believe, because in Östersund he was the star. Uh, the players fed him a lot of balls and he knew when to run and where to run to get the ball and how to score goals. He had a bit of a problem in, in Amiens because he wasn't a superstar there. To be honest, they don't have any superstars there, but they have a couple of players there that are probably highly higher ranked because they've been there uh, both in, in the French League and in Amiens a lot of years. So uh, he... That uh, he, I do believe that he felt a bit frustrated that he didn't get the balls that he wanted, uh, as we could see in the national team as well. He got a bit frustrated that you know we could see Taremi and Osmoon linking up really good together, but that meant that uh, uh, Samuel Rodus was left out of that equation. And then he went, of course, to the Asian Cup, where uh, was away for some time from Amiens. He, the team kept struggling. He came back and he got injured uh, and he was away for some while. And when he returned, it took a lot of time for him to, to get a full 90 minutes. He was either on the bench or he get some subs and he made a couple of starts. And it was not until the very last game that they avoid relegation in France. Um, to be honest... I do believe his season is, is okay. He's, he, he's done good. I think he scored four goals, something. Um, that's not a lot, but he didn't play all the games either. Uh, next season is maybe probably the, the most important season for him because you don't have any World Cup that will be in the way. You don't have any Asian Cup that will be in the way. So he will have a full season with Amiens 
from the beginning to the very end. And uh, hopefully he's fit, and then it's really important for him to show himself for the French, um, bigger and better French team, if you want to continue there. Because if I'm not mistaken, it's like a five-year contract, and I don't believe that he will stay in Amiens for five years. And I'm sure if the team will get relegated, he will move. But uh, maybe that's not so good to have on your CV. It would be better to see him playing Maybe, you know, you know, Marseille or Lille or, uh, maybe, why not Lyon, uh, Nice, a better French team that can use his, uh, uh, technique and use his speed much better. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm in his shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I've watched him play this season and they have been pretty horrendous. But the one thing about Kodus is, I don't know if Pasha will agree with me, but Kodus is already, in my opinion, um, a very complete player in terms of he he has the whole package. He has technical skills. He has the physical attributes. He he has the experience of playing in the Europa League, in the World Cup, in the Asian Cup. Ashkan mifrasa tupo bargastash halakodus boom boom boom. Atash bazi payon nedor baraye pesaran irani. He's played. He's a pretty complete player now. I think that he's a player who. Just needs that extra push somewhere. He has to be playing consistently somewhere. You know what I mean? He, because I think, like for for Iran in the World Cup, he probably deserved to start at least one of the games in the Asian Cup. I feel like, uh, especially against Japan, I feel like he should have played. And I just feel like there's times where he, he may he may have been a bit let down by coaches, not not by Kirosh. I'm saying in general. I think in his career, I think he's. Even in Amiens, I think he was times where he was left out of the squad of the. By Kerosh that... too, to be honest. Sorry yeah, and Kerosh too. Yes, and Kerosh too, of course. Like I say, in the World Cup and Asian Cup, I feel like <clears throat> there was times where he, he was left out unfairly, and I feel like he would have been so important in those games. Like for example, he won't be with us in the next two friendlies against Syria and South Africa and South Korea. Sorry, but I feel like we need him in these games because he's the kind of guy who. Cool, just link the attack to the midfield. Pasha, what do you think? Would you think that he, that he, do you think that he obviously his season was was okay? But what do you think for him in the future? Do you think you want to see him move somewhere or, or what? Oh, from the team he is right now. No, I mean, yeah, I mean just like in general, what do you want to see him do in his future? Because obviously he's so complete I right now. See, I really want to see someone in the Bundesliga. To be honest with you, I feel like he with the way attacking, um, you know, brains he has, and with that way that league is going forward, you know, obviously with the German style of football, I think he'll really, really uh, thrive there. But the thing with Salman right now is that I'm really happy about it, is that as we saw, he really quickly got himself being part of that coherent culture of Iranian football. He's quickly adapted to his teammates, which is a big um, part of it, you know, um, you know, as you can see, as you can see from social media and everything. But now the question comes is that, you know, he is going to be playing now under a new coach, uh, under a new coach, and that's in, you know, Mark Wilmot. And then we just have to see of how, let's put it this way, if he's going to even be an attacking manager. And if he is, I think that's going to be a key, key beneficial thing for Salman. That we could even potentially see Salman potentially even be playing as a 10 or even be playing on the wing. Um, I mean, Salman has proven to all of us that how talented of a player he is. I mean, he was a big-time player this season for his club. You know, I mean, he scored some of the most ridiculous goals and... uh 
I mean, he's just a fantastic player. And let's not forget right now that Graham Potter just signed with Brighton. And he'll be taking another quick look at his uh, former player and saying that, hey, maybe I could use Salmon in this in the EPL. But I think I, I like to see more Salmon be playing more in the more of an attacking league as more as a physical league as we see in England. But, you know, I'm just we're just we should, we should be very, very happy that Carlos Carriage picked picked him up because, um, you know, someone was very close to signing with Sweden. And, uh, you know, but now, I mean, there's no question about his mentality. He just wants to keep going forward. And, you know, he has everything to make it uh, to the very best. And, you know, he's already shown he's a big time player in the, in the French League. Absolutely. Um, OK, so we'll move on uh, to uh, a, a guy who I've been watching uh, quite a lot this season. Um, you could call him my boy. Uh, which is uh, Majid Hosseini and obviously his uh, teammate in Trabzonspor, uh, Vahid Amiri, who ha- um, transferred from Paris Police and Majid Hosseini came from Estelo uh, in the summer. Both of them had fairly good... I mean, Majid Hosseini had a really good season. Maj- uh, Vahid Amiri had, a, had an OK season. He didn't really get that many starts. He was uh, basically a sub for most of the, of the, of the season. Uh, I'll obviously speak about him, but I want to hear you guys' opinions first. Pejman, um, I don't know if you watched his games, but what, what did you think of uh, Majid Hosseini's uh, first season in Europe? Uh, yeah, as you said, I think you should be the one to talk a lot about Majid, so I will keep it uh, short and briefly. Uh, I've seen a couple of games, but mostly highlights. Uh, and I think the move to Trabzon have been so important for him, so good for the national team. And I do believe that this is a guy that will hopefully be uh, our best defender the, the coming 10 years, you know, if he can continue like this. Uh, Trabzon did really, really good and they went, they came fourth, right? Like it was Besiktas. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was, they finished. Yeah. So we'll think it was just Besiktas. under Besiktas, uh, uh, Galatasaray yes. in Istanbul. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, sorry about the name. Um, and he, he was solid. He was benched a couple of games, of course. I mean, it's, it's really hard to be solid in, in the, the complete season. But look at his age. This is the first time he's moving to Europe. And uh, look at his experience in Iran. He's been like, what was it, like one, two seasons with Estherlal? I think he Isn't played like one season in Estherlal, yeah, basically. Yeah. So his development have been Amazing, um, but you you have seen him a lot in in Trabzon Sport. How do you consider what kind of changes have you seen in his game from the time in Estherlal to Trabzon Sport? Well, I mean, certainly in, in Estherlal, you could see how he was a, he was a talented player. Schaefer gave him a lot of responsibility um, because there were good defenders in that Estherlal team. First of all, there was Ruzbe Cheshmi, Montazeri. Um, um, Armin Sorabian. There, there was already solid defenders that were older Cheshmi. than that team. <laughs> Cheshmi's world class. Um, but yeah, there were great players in that team already. Uh, but he kind of just came out of nowhere and started playing ahead of them, Montazeri, etc. Um, who, you know, in that one season, you know, it showed that he had the talent. Obviously, Trabzonspor came in, they bought him. Um, and I feel like in his first season, it, it showed a bit of maturity because, you know, he, he came up against tough teams, you know, Galatasaray. Uh, I think they beat them. I think in his first game against them, they won 4-0. Um, 
for four zero, and he was one of the best players on the pitch. Uh, he did struggle for injuries. He had a couple of injuries before the Asian Cup. Luckily, we had him for the Asian Cup, but unfortunately, uh, some of you you can see he didn't he didn't have the best Asian Cup. For me, he did make mistakes that you know could have cost us. Unfortunately, luckily for us, it didn't cost us. Uh, his mistakes didn't actually cost us because obviously, um, Bernard made the penalty save and he didn't get sent off. But I think that he made mistakes that could have cost him. Um, but Again, you know, he came out of of the World Cup against Portugal and Spain. He showed what kind of class he has. So, um, good good thing that good thing that came out of the Asian Cup was that he got the experience. And then when he came back from the Asian Cup back into the league in Turkey, he, his confidence was still high. You know, which is something that is very rare in Iranian footballers that when they're put down, when they're when they're being criticised by people for making mistakes. Usually they crumble under the pressure, but for Majid Hosseini, one of the things that I, I like about him is his mentality is he's very, um, you know, he, he doesn't really care what other people, uh, he's, not, he's not on social media, he's not really on Instagram too much, he doesn't really make that many posts, he's very private and he gets on with his job and very he's very professional about it. I think that's one thing that was really good to see that after the Asian Cup he came back and he was again one of the best defenders in the league. Because and obviously he was so good that his team finished fourth. Um, and I think that is a fantastic achievement for him. Hopefully, uh, the, you know next season that he continues it. If he wants to stay in Trabzonspor, he'll play in the Europa League. Maybe there, there, there's been rumours of of a span of Spanish teams coming in for him. Um, I think his style of football is good for that because he's got that sort of ball playing centre back. You know he can use the ball really well. And I think that a Spanish team would suit him. But we'll see. You know, I think he's got a lot to prove on still. But I think, like Pejman said, he could be our our defender for the next 10 years. Um, Pasha, have you got anything else to add on this? The only thing I would add is that I think, like, at the age, I believe he's 22, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, yeah, he's 22. Uh, I would say the centre-back brains. Um, he definitely has the brains of a centre-back compared to the likes of other defenders that we have. And I would say on his day, he's the best centre-back we have. And, uh, you know, to show what the level he's playing is phenomenal. It's funny because when I was speaking to last year with SLA, former coach Winfred Schaefer, um, one of the names that he mentioned to me that he thought that he would excel in Europe was actually Majida Hosseini. And, uh, I mean, that says a lot. So... Good for him. I mean, he's done fabulous in the Turkish League. I mean, he's gained himself a lot of Turkish fans as well. But then again, it comes back to every single of our players. They're progressing, but what's next? Is he going to make the silly move of going now to Qatar or back to Iran? Or is he going to end up actually in a better league? That's a question, and that would really show us what kind of mentality he has. But I really also admire that how private he is. And that he doesn't make all these silly, you know, insta posts and stuff like other our players do. So he's got his head until everything's straight. And uh, for now, uh, he's he's on the right path. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, hopefully, <clears throat> you know, it's good that he didn't, that, you know, him and Mont um, Praliganji have built a partnership. So hopefully, in the next couple of years, that continues. But there are other defenders who are good. So he has to keep his his head in the game because there's people who come up. Like Kanoni, etc., can, can take a spot. Before, uh, before we move on, and it shows you what kind of player center back he is. Like Carlos Kairos did not call up Jalal Hosseini, his veteran. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
World Cup and he relied on some guy that he's barely started or barely has got to know him on a personal level, but trusted this kid to get him to call up to the World Cup squad. I mean, that says a lot. And look at how well he performed. You know, I mean, he wasn't the best in the Asian Cup. I would say he's actually probably was one of our worst players. Sorry, Aria. It's just how he was. And, um, but, but for him to come back from that tournament and still do a decent amount of job for his club team, I mean, this, he's a, he's a fabulous center back. And I just hope he keeps it up. Uh, that, that's it. Like, like you said, yeah, he has to just, you know, improve and keep progressing. Like Prali Ganji, he can't really, he can't really uh, stagnate in that, in that kind of league. Um, Okay, I don't think we'll speak about Amiri because I don't think he'll ha- he had a good season. I think that he kind of struggled to to show himself. I think he's probably past his peak now. I think that it's time for him to kind of go to Qatar and get some money. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move on to Belgium. Uh, just you know, because it's probably our la- our last country we're gonna we're gonna go to. Um, Belgium. We have three players currently there: Kolizade uh, uh, and Delphi before Charlevoix, and then we have. Uh, cover is I for Club Bruges. Obviously, there's Nur Afghan and Nadiri who are out on loan to Iran, but they'll be back next season. Uh, but for now, we'll speak about Polizade uh, and, and Delphi, who had good seasons for Charlevoix. What do you guys think about their, their careers as they move forward? Of course, they had good seasons. They're very young players. They're both wingers. But how do you think that they can they can progress now on, on you know solid seasons, Pejman? What Qolizade needs is a complete season without getting injured. Uh, for me, he is one of Iran's most interesting players. And the move to Shalera was a great move for him. Uh, he would be, I think he would be a, a, a definite team melee member for the upcoming years if he continues like this. Uh, uh, his, his style of play is irrational. His, uh, his technique is really improved, I do believe. Uh, Although he has some good techniques in Saipan, but doing that in Belgium is a bit harder. He seems to have a lot of trust, or the uh, coach seems to have a lot of trust in Koyazade because he played a lot of the games, actually. And uh, I think uh, when he when he went there, Koyazade were, were there already. So the adaptation uh, parts was a bit smoother than maybe somebody who's never been in a, in a club or... Uh, is the first time you know abroad, so I'm I'm uh, really happy that Olizade was able to have a successful season in Cholera, which which in my mind uh, I believe he had. So next season he needs to step up his game even more. He needs to be that player that we could see uh, in the highlights that that we saw every now and then uh, in Cholera, and hopefully uh, cement his place both in Europe and in the national team, because in my opinion, that's how good he is. Yeah, and I actually think that Jan Bash has um, a real, a real, real uh, competitor now, because obviously I think Taremi's pretty much you know, guaranteed a, a left-winger spot at the moment because he was so good for us in the Asian Cup. But I think that the right side of, the, of, our, of, our, of our attack um, is between him and Jan Bash, and I think at the moment... I'd pick Gorizade because I think he's an unbelievable player. Um, Pasha, what do you think about Delphi? And obviously, I know you didn't see a lot of him, but how do you think that a young player like him, 17 years old, can come into Europe and play the way he has? He's, you know, he, I think he played in, when he joined them. Literally, the next week he started his first game, and then you know, he, you know, he got a couple of injuries, but 
he's played again, he got an assist, he got a goal. What do you think about him? How do you, how do you think he'll get on? I think he's actually considered now the, our youngest ever legionnaire in like our history to even start in the European League at the age of 18, um, which is phenomenal. I mean, he's shown it even that U17 World Cup of how great of a player he was. And um, then also goes with side manage too. And um, the thing with Delphi is he has this kind of cocky mentality that like he thinks he's, from what I've been told from many things that it's been working for him, is that I'm better than everybody else. And as you could tell from his interviews and the way he looks at the game or just like his facial expressions and everything, you know, he has this ooze of like confidence that like, you know, that it's working for him, you know, but then also it could backfire to him, um, you know, at this uh, at such a young age, you know, that thinking that you're better than everybody else. Um, when I when we interviewed Adelizade, if you guys, um, I definitely uh, recommend to our fans who are really interested to definitely check out that interview. The English transcript is up on the side. Adelizade quickly said that this kid's phenomenal, you know, just right off the bat. I mean, he didn't even hesitate when I asked him. And uh, it's a fantastic move for him. And as he said, he quickly started and, um, you know, I mean, it just depends, you know, on how well he does with, you know, his team right now that all these others playing in Charlie Lloyd and where he goes from here. But, I mean, he was very, he's he's known to be one of the best players coming from the reigning league at such a young age. You know, he had a trial with PSV that it didn't seem like it worked out, but that's fine. But for him to even get that chance to, you know, even have a test with that top of a team, Shows you what kind of talent he is, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him getting called up to the national team really quick. And one thing I do want to say about that Golizade is that some kid that is so humble and down to earth, and he has his everything set up for him, he's gonna excel far. And he's such an interesting player as a street footballer because you know we could you know Wilmot has a you know ability now to you know put him as a right winger or as a on the left or even as a ten, you know. And um, we, it's just, this is the first time I would say, guys, and God does in our history that, like, our squad depth, maybe not so much in center mid and so much at center back, but so much I would say more in ter- towards the like of center forwards and wingers that we have depth. And that is amazing to me of what kind of squad Carlos left us. And it's even, it's getting bigger now. You know, you have Mehrdad Mohammadi going to Europe. You have Sayad Manesh going to Fenerbahce, possibly. So there's, it's getting even bigger. So it's, it's really good to see. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll leave Kove. I think Kove's season was tough. I think, I think he, you know, he went to Club Bruges, played a couple of games and then I think he just kind of fell off the season. I don't think he really showed enough. He had injuries. I hope for him that, he does get a chance to go back to Charlevoix. I think that he had a good time there. I think that's a, a good club for him. And I think that going to Club Bruges, I think it might have been a bit of a rush. I think he kind of, uh, it was too early for him. I think he should have stayed at Charlevoix a little bit longer. But, you know, he made a mistake. Hopefully he goes back if he can. Um, last one, and then we'll finish it off. Um, uh, so far, it's been a good podcast. We'll, we'll finish it off. Can yes. I say one thing? It's yes. still not concrete in, but there's talks that Club Brooch is selling back Kavi Rezai back to his former club. So have an eye on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. That's good. good. I think cause I think he would do really well at Charleroi again. I think that's a good club for him. Um, lastly, uh, Paige, I'm going to ask you, you know, I don't know if you, you didn't really watch Moharami play as much, but Moharami had a Pretty good season for for um, Dynamo Zagreb and Croatia. 
Um, he won the league with them. I think he played about 20 games, which is quite good for a player who was pretty much a rotational player. He was playing as the second choice right back to uh, is it Stoy- Stojanovic. Um, I, I, I think that's the guy's name. That he was basically his, his uh, replacement most of the time. But he did play 20 games. Uh, how do you think he can get on for the national team? Obviously, he missed out on the Asian Cup through injury. What do you guys think about of him, Pejman? Well, as you mentioned, he's been a Rotary player, but still it's good and important to get some experience and playing time in Europe and in Croatia's best club probably ever. And this season they were phenomenal. You know, they, they, I don't believe, did they lose any games in the, in the, uh, they may league? have lost, they may have lost a few games, yeah, but I, I, they, they were pretty, pretty dominant. Yeah, yeah. So I think he should stay in, uh, Dynamo Zagreb and get some playing time in Europe. That would be really, hopefully he will get some playing time in Europe. As you said, he's a rotational player. Um, and also, as you said, uh, about the national team, I do believe that he can be a real force to be reckoned with. That right uh, spot, you know, we have Rami Rezoyan, we have also Wurya Kahuri, let's not forget about him, and we have Sadiq Maharami. So, you know, we're not spoiled with these kind of choices uh, now. Uh, uh, we haven't been spoiled, but now we are, you know. For me, any of those three players would, would do for me. I actually do hold a soft spot for Ramin, not only because of his wonderful Instagram <laughs> and, and what he does there, but uh, he he really performed good during Carlos Keirer's time. In the World Cup, for me, before the games, he was like probably the weakest link, link, but during the World Cup, he was really solid. Um, but he made... A stupid mistake to move to Qatar, but he did it only to get some playing time for the Asian Cup. But what would, uh, let me say this, the, the faith of Sadiq Maharami lays in Rami Rezoya's hands. Because if Rami would continue to play in Qatar, then I do believe that Mark Wilmots will have a, uh, much easier time to pick Sadiq Maharami as a starter on the right side. So, and just touching on your point about that, Pasha, I think yeah. you said earlier that uh, Kairos actually favoured Moharami for the Asian Cup for that right back position. Yeah, I would say he did, and I was I was told by one of his uh, staff members that you know Carlos rated him very highly, even more so than Ramin. And I asked why, and the first thing he told me is because Ramin is a child. <laughs> um, he has a negative mentality and everything. And, uh, you know, Saddam Army is obviously playing for one of the best teams in the world, you know. And uh, I don't know much about the player. I don't know much. I mean, he was successful with Paris Police, but I don't know much about him in the sense that, you know, I keep talking about mentality because, guys, as we all know, our players, there's always a mentality issue is that how far they're going to make it, right? So I don't know how of a big mentality this player has that, you know, after now Dynamo, where is he going to go next? But on his day, if he wasn't injured and uh, for, before the Asian Cup, I would say that he was going to take Ramin's, uh, you know, position and Ramin got lucky, you know, and the, and I would say if you guys have paid close attention, the reason why a lot of the times Ramin Rezaems is posting, you know, a lot of pics of him working out and stuff like that and everything is because Ramin deep down knows that he has very, very much competition with Sadeh now. 
And, um, I mean, it's good. It's a good, healthy competition. And then now it depends on who the new manager is going to fancy. Obviously, I would still say that Wilmot is going to still start Rami going off of more of, you know, the team sheet that Carlos Kairos, you know, has to, for him to start understanding which players he best fit him. So now we're going to see he's going to probably still play the oldies, I would like to say, of Carlos Kairos because he's still trying to figure out the team himself and with the likes of, you know, Vaida Hashimian not being part of a staff, which Congrats to him, much well deserved. But um, again, great depth, right? And then now we have uh, Mohamedi, as he said. Now he's gonna be Lau's brother. He's gonna be playing in Portugal. So let's see how far that player goes. If he's gonna get called up to the national team, everything's going well. And uh, so far, so good for our football, you know. Yeah, so far so good, and, and so far, I think that um, the national team has some great legionnaires. I think next season we have to look forward to it. Look forward to the new boys going out. Syed Manish just got called up for the national team. He's if he goes to Europe, we can speak about him this time next year and, and see how he got on. Uh, we'll wrap it up now. We'll say uh, our thank yous. Thank you very much for listening, and make sure you guys check out po- last podcast about Mark Wilmots is you know getting in charge of the national team and. What the what Cena, Bobag, Page One, and Pasha thought about that. Uh, also, check out the interviews that we did with Koli Zadeh and Abed Zadeh quite recently. Uh, we'll have new podcasts coming out soon. Thanks for listening. See you next time.